USC's MVP in 2023 is not Caleb Williams. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I appreciate your support, and I would appreciate it even more if you became a subscriber. It's really easy. Just click that button you see right in front of you on YouTube. And if you like the episode, go ahead and hit the like button. They, they both mean a whole heck of a lot. And I always like to say thank you to all of you who are already subscribers and who tune in daily. This episode, um, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the difference between USC's best player and USC's MVP, their most valuable player. There's a distinct difference, although they usually kind of overlap. Look, USC can't afford to lose Caleb Williams uh, if they want their best chance to reach the playoffs this coming season. No one's going to argue that. But if he was unavailable for a game or two, you know, USC does have Miller Moss waiting in the wings. A really good quarterback. However, what happens if the Trojans lost Justin Dietrich, their center, for an extended period of time? He's your team MVP. Uh, I mean, the depth chart says that uh, redshirt sophomore uh, Andrew Malek is the next man up. But, you know, Jonah Monheim's name always creeps into this conversation uh, when it comes to, you know, who should be playing center? Who, you know, where's his next best position at the next level? With Ju- same with Justin. Jonah hears the same thing. He's, he's probably going to be playing center when he gets to the NFL. Uh, and the reason is, if you, and if you've ever listened to Jonah talk, uh, you can you can hear it from him. I mean, he's he's really intelligent, uh, very introspective, and uh, you know he he's a, he's capable of you know making the calls at the line, and he's tough as nails. So it's kind of everything you embody in, in your center. That's what you want. So um, now, despite the amount of turnover, this year's uh, offensive line is trying to replace remember last year you had your starters brett nealon you had andrew Voorhees, you had bobby haskins who was uh starting half of the year they're all gone they're they're moving on to the next chapter in their life with that said this year's offensive line actually has the potential to be one of the better ones at usc in quite a while because of the versatility as long as Dietrich stays in one piece and as close to 100% as possible uh, throughout the season. It's a long year. Because if he's not available, uh, then the depth and the versatility that USC has, it starts to get tested. The Trojans have a pretty good idea of what they have right now. And going forward with Cortland Ford and Mason Murphy, 
uh, at, at you know one or, or both tackle positions. And I think the staff anticipates them taking another step in the right direction, getting better. You know, they're going to be a year older. You know, I, I mentioned Jonah Monheim. He can play guard or tackle. We've seen him do it on the right side. And USC has three veterans, two of whom, two of two of whom are already participating in spring practice, and a third, Ethan White, who will uh, arrive eventually. Um, and those guys are just reading, waiting to create some uh, chaos in the offensive line room, and by chaos in in a good way, you know, make their presence known. So USC has the guys to play inside um, between the tackles. You know, when you factor in Ethan White, the third guy who isn't with the team during spring camp, uh, Jarrett Kingston from Washington State, and Michael Tarquin from Florida. Um, and then, you know, let's don't forget, you've got Jonah Monheim, you've got Gina Quinones, Andrew Malek. All these guys have already seen time playing. USC is pretty solid on the interior. But again, if Justin were to go down, where does Peter steal from Paul to solve the issue? I mean, if if Malek is the guy and he's ready to take over, problem solved because the other veterans can, you know, assuming that, you know, it's either Kingston Jared or Ethan White or in Jonah Monheim bookending the center position. Um, everything should be fine because those veterans can really help cover up any mistakes a younger player might make. And again, we're assuming I'm, I'm saying that based on the fact that Jonah, Ethan or Kingston are, are the playing guard helping out uh, Andrew as he kind of gets his feet wet. But what if Jonah is the answer at center, you know, in the eventuality that Justin goes down? Now the missing MVP is going to be noticed. Uh, this question, this came up on uh, the Inside the Trojan Huddle podcast that I recorded earlier on Tuesday. And we were all in agreement. Um, Justin was the one name that came up. I When, when the other guys were talking... I try to think of another player that was crucial to the to the success of, of the 2023 season who wasn't named Caleb Williams. And Justin's name just kept looping through my head like a bad infomercial. So, I don't know. Can you get... You, viewer, listeners, watchers, um, who who else can USC not afford to lose? But who would you say is their team MVP? Caleb Williams is the best player. They need him. That's the given. What one player can they not lose who's not named Caleb Williams? No, it's crazy. For two plus years, Justin Dietrich, um was always told by the coaching staff at the time uh, that he was the best O-lineman on the team. Yet he remained patient. He kept working until he finally just took over. So he's really the linchpin to the offense being successful. We know what Caleb can do. Um, but as long as Justin doesn't have, you know, any bad snaps, uh, make, which makes Caleb's life a little bit more difficult, um, and he stays healthy, 
and he only holds a player to save Caleb from getting trucked, you know, all is good. Uh, we know that Caleb Williams is going to take the Trojans as far as he can with his cape flying through the air like Superman. Ooh, little Sugar Hill gang there. You older school folks, you heard that. You heard it. So um, as long as the defense can get out of its own way, uh, there isn't one player on that side of the ball who I'd say, oh, man, if he doesn't play, there's no way USC is going to win this game. With the 2023 schedule, I'm not willing to risk it uh, without having Justin playing center every game until it's a blowout where the backups can come on in and give him some rest. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why he was Lincoln Riley's most important offseason recruit. They made sure that Justin understood how important, how valuable he was to USC success in 2023. So which players from USC's past were great and maybe even considered an MVP um, that were needed back then? Let's talk about that next. But first, I need you to head on over to FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here. There we go. Get that ad up there. Um, and FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Why are they? Well, if why do you need to go over there if you're a new customer? Because you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You're going to get bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. They make you a winner when you're a loser. So just download that FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and the three-pointers made. If you're a prop bet guy, jump on that. You're going to love it. And with FanDuel, it also gives you a chance to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, grab your bracket, and I need you to go listen to Locked On College Basketball's Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Breakdown has everything you need to know from the most informed decisions so you can make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball or on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. So, which former USC stars, MVPs, would make up your list of players that should have had better NFL careers. They were great at USC. But for whatever reason, that was their ceiling. And, you know, maybe some players in your list had some, you know, they played in the NFL, had a couple of good years. I have a few of those on my list. But when you saw them play at USC, you were thinking, man, they're going to be pretty good at the next level. I'm going to start a quarterback, and I'm going to work my way backwards from recent to ancient. 
Not really. Uh, but Sam Darnold, I know he's still in the league. And actually, he just signed a contract, I believe, with the Niners. So he still has time um, to make it happen. However, right now, he has his Rose Bowl season at USC. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Mark Sanchez, does he count? I mean, should he be on this list? He had one really good year at USC. It was a great year. That season, USC should have been playing for a national championship. That's story for another day. Uh, J.D. Booty, he was good at USC. He had fun at USC. I don't remember much of him after USC. Todd Marinovich, for obvious reasons. I did skip a player, but this is the player, and I think everybody is probably thinking the same name I am, Matt Liner. He has to go down as the best quarterback at USC. I mean, statistically, they do won the Heisman, <laughs> won a couple of national championships, and he's best known for having a hot tub party with his former NFL head coach's daughter. So, and I say that very affectionately. I'm not trying to throw any shade at Matt. That's not what this is about. But you think back and you're like, wow, man, he's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he plays the game with smarts. And if you're surrounded with good players, you know, he's not going to lose a game for you. It just never clicked in the NFL. At running back, look, um, these are my sentimental favorites that, for whatever reason, wasn't weren't wasn't able to have long NFL careers. I'm just going to say the names. I'm not going to go into any details. Ricky Bell, Joe McKnight, Herschel Dennis. <clears throat> so the running back, who literally, I, I Reggie Bush got all the headlines, but Lendale White. Man, he was a no-brainer, should have been a star in the NFL. I know he had a couple of great seasons, good seasons, um, but that's my point. Lendale did not have a great NFL career. Had he had half of Kobe Bryant's drive, that Mamba mentality, just half of that, he would have been great in the NFL. I mean, think about it. He never practiced at USC. Didn't have to. No one made him. Um, but he was that good. But, you know, nachos, beer, other stuff. Um, it was a lot cheaper back then when Lindell was, was a professional. And he liked to indulge. He got fat and it ruined his career. Want to go into wide receiver? Easy answer for me right here. I'm not going to. And there's a long, long list of players that I could throw in at wide receiver. But by far, the most dominant, and he was an MVP at USC in two years, Mike Williams, BMW. When you needed a first down, you threw to Mike. Touchdown, same thing. You're driving to beat Cal on the road before losing in triple overtime and you stop throwing the ball to BMW. 
That's the type of impact he had in college. Not so much in the NFL. In college, you could not guard him. You ran a slant. Doesn't matter if he was inside or outside. You bracketed him. It doesn't matter. You could throw it high. He was unguardable. Could not defend him. But, you know, he got some bad advice. Tried to follow Maurice Claret to the NFL early. We know what happened with Maurice. Oh, look, Mike had a, I think he had one or two good, he had a couple of solid seasons in the NFL, but again, he kind of caught that Lendale White disease, got a little bit, got a lot overweight, ended up playing tight end. And that's when he actually had a, his good years in the NFL. You, only, you wonder, had he stuck around one more year at USC, would that have made a difference? The NCAA didn't do him any favors with their timing of telling him, no, can't go back. He was kind of in limbo for a year, but he didn't use that year to his best. You know, he went in the supplemental draft and the rest is history. Um, I'm going to pick, a, go through a couple more players here. I'm going to go to safety and look, this is, this was the easiest one for me. Taylor Mays. He took out more USC players than PSU Penn State players in that Rose Bowl. If you remember back, but he also took out two Arizona running backs in the same game. I think it happened in the same quarter. Might even happen on back-to-back plays. Taylor Mays was a freak. He was big. He was fast. I mean, sprinter fast and strong. But he had he didn't have the greatest ball coverage skills. And I mean, to put that in just to slam that in that home, his former college coach, Pete Carroll, he had a chance to draft him through seven rounds. He never did. Trust me. Taylor that rubbed him the wrong way. And you just, you thought, man, this guy's going to be a star in the NFL. They'll find a position for him because you can't teach his, his physicality, the speed. But for whatever reason, they just couldn't find the right spot, couldn't refine any technique. And I'm glad Taylor is now at USC on the coaching staff because uh, he's still pretty intimidating. And if you're one of those players, you're probably not going to want to get the look from Taylor. If looks could kill, he's got that. He's got that stare. I don't know. What about um? How about Lamar Dawson, middle linebacker? He came from the state of Kentucky, number fifty-five. I don't even know if he. I don't even know if he panned out at USC. I mean, he might have peaked. Uh, at some point in high school at USC, but um, man, I, that was one guy I really thought, wow, even if he's not doing well in college, he'll find his way in the NFL. And it just never happened. So there's a lot more players, other positions I can ramble on through. Uh, I'm not going to though. Those were the ones that really kind of stuck out. Um, positions that, you know, typically, 
are, are highlight positions at USC. So, I don't know. Who do you, what do you think? Give me some feedback. Talk to me. I love listener and viewer feedback. I want your questions. Tell me what you want to talk about. I know you guys like to talk about recruiting, so I'm going to give you a little bit. I'll give you a little recruiting update that's coming up in our next segment. So there's not a lot of new recruiting info, but if you need to be satisfied daily with something, here you go. Here's a here's a few quick notes. Uh, on on threes, he's a top 300. Uh, in fact, he's number 40 in on in the 300. He's a running back. His name's Taylor Tatum. Uh, he hit the road last fall, and he made a stop in Los Angeles. Well, he's the number two running back in the 2024 cycle. And at the time, when he uh, came out last year, he went... He watched uh, USC play Cal at the, at the Coliseum. He had a good time. Kind of opened his eyes a little bit. And right now he's got a really strong relationship with Lincoln Riley and, and his potential position coach, Kyle McDonald. So he plans to take another visit to USC. We'll find out. Uh, 2024 quarterback, Dylan Riola. He will be on USC's campus on April 8th. There's a really big, huge recruiting event. The following weekend is the Trojan Spring game. So you can anticipate hearing Dylan's name being near or around USC a lot during the spring and during the offseason. Remember, he works out with 3D quarterbacks in Southern California. So. The confidence level is gaining steam with him becoming a USC Trojan. <clears throat> I want you guys to keep an eye on the name Selman Bridges. He's a tall, six foot four cornerback out of the state of Texas. And he also has some serious interest in USC. You have to kind of anticipate he does. He spent four days checking it out. Last week, um, you might remember I mentioned linebacker uh, Ty Anthony Smith was at USC's spring camp practice. Well, he has plans to return in July. That's good news. He uh, he took it when he took his visit to USC. Um, it was actually a, I guess, a three day visit, two day, March eighth through the tenth. Because um, anytime you take a unofficial visit that lasts that long, they've got pretty good interest in your program. And he has a connection. Uh, he knows Darwin Barlow. They're both from East Texas. Now, I'm not sure if that's a plus right now, um, considering how much playing time Darwin gets. But it does seem like uh, Ty Anthony and Coach Odom are off to a good start building a relationship. He mentioned him quite a bit. You could uh, read more about that over on WeRSC. When you're done making a locked on USC your first listen. So um, there you go. A snippet 
like I mentioned, if you want more juicy details, head on over to wearesc.com. Take advantage of that spring sign-up special that's got that we've got going on for you over there. You won't be disappointed. But you're going to do that after you make Locked On USC your first listen five times a week. It's free. All your news, notes, and information in 30 minutes or less. Speaking of news and notes, don't forget USC basketball. They tip off Friday against Sparty, Michigan State, in Columbus, Ohio. We've got a tip-off time for you. Friday morning, 9.15 a.m. Pacific time on CBS. That's an early that's an early tip-off. Get used to it, USC and USC fans. Welcome to the big conference in early games. There you go. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. They're going to bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you're going to hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball, and wherever you get your podcast. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, that's it for this episode. I'll be back with another because I come at you five times a week. So until then, you know what to do.